Welcome to First Gen Kids Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. This is a podcast that talks about the experiences of those who were born or raised in a country different from their parents, and how we navigated those different cultures growing up to find our own identities. My name is Sami, and my parents immigrated to Canada from Punjab. On today's episode, we will be chatting about unconventional careers. This episode is part of a series of conversations with first-gen kids who went beyond conventional expectations and against the cultural grain for their careers. I am joined with Irvin Sidhu, who many of you may know as he is an award-winning photographer with an international portfolio. Irvin graduated from Wilfrid Laurier University with a BBA in finance and works full-time as a photographer and entrepreneur. I'm incredibly excited to chat with Irvin and learn about his career trajectory. So without further ado, welcome Irvin. Thank you, thank you. Excited to be here today. I'm really excited to have you. So um, yeah, let's get started. I want to find out when about your parents first. So then we'll chat about you is when did they come to Canada? And where did they immigrate from? Cool. Um, so I think I'm gonna say I'm gonna guess they immigrated in 1983. That's my best guess. I think that is pretty accurate. Okay. Um, so they came from Punjab, and then they landed in Toronto, YYZ. And then I think they resided in Malton for the longest time. Um, and then they obviously shipped it around. Right. So when they did get here, they didn't really have the greatest jobs. They, my dad started working out in a factory, same thing with my mom. And eventually they kind of got better jobs for immigrants. Okay. So my mom ended up being uh, at the airport working security and my dad was a taxi driver. Oh, nice. And what made them move to Canada? Like what was the reason for them to leave Punjab? Um, I think um, in Punjab in 84 and just before that, a lot of stuff was going on. And they wanted a better future for us, uh, somewhere we could succeed and didn't really have to deal with those kind of issues. Um, and Canada was a bright place at the time. So that's why, I, why they went there, right? Yeah, definitely. My dad was also a taxi driver, which I feel like uh, is a really common uh, trait for um, especially South Asian families. Lots of um, immigrants went into the taxi driving industry. So that's a pretty common one. Um, and then so your mom worked security at the airport and that is that there did they hold on to those careers for like the duration of your life or did you see them shift at any point from what you can remember so we had a significant shift actually um, we used to live in like Brampton at the time and then when I was younger around grade three my parents ended up being entrepreneurs so I ended oh. up buying a motel in Wasega Beach a total town where there's no Punjabis or sex whatsoever what? no way um, yes yeah, so we had a, we ended up buying two motels there and it was interesting because like my sister and my dad would be at one, right? And then me and my sister, or me and my, sorry, my mom and my cousin would be at the other one. So like, we'd be split up the whole summer and we'd see each other very little, but like we had to kind of grow up a lot earlier because as a Desi like business, you kind of do things a lot yourself. You don't really outsource and hire people. So, and even in grade five or six, I'd be cleaning rooms, doing laundry while other kids would be playing. So we kind of had to grow up a lot quicker. So you started working at like a really young age. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, very young. Yeah. So do you think that's kind of like a big shape for your work ethic because you were already working in grade five? Yeah, 100%. Because like then when I was like older, when I started my business, things were just a lot easier. It just like seemed very natural. And yeah. Do you have you ever talked to them about that to think like what made you guys want to buy a motel in this random town that I haven't heard of myself? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I know my mom likes houses in real estate. She's like casually is on like MLSATA looking at houses all the time. So maybe they were just like glancing at businesses to buy like motels 
and one day they just ventured off and the, the way they are there's like if they like okay. something they'll just buy it randomly like houses we bought in the past we move a lot by the way yeah um, me too my parents did that a lot <laughs> we lived in 13 houses growing up i think my number is the exact very similar to that as well yeah right? <laughs> that's um, crazy so they just buy they just buy it and they'll put down an offer right away and then without me and my sister kind of deciding as well or any input yeah did you like i hate it like i have like this weird thing with packing now because I have all these memories as a kid of like packing and unpacking. And as an adult, I always thought that I would never like move around a lot because I hated it so much as a kid. But then I, as an adult ended up moving around a lot myself. So now is like the first time in my life that I'm like, okay, we were going to stay in one spot for at least three years because that's just become a part of my life. Did you find that you moved a lot or did you end up staying in one spot or Oh, um, well, I moved out to Toronto was for a year. Um, the moving aspect was not fun because when I was younger, my mom would pack for me and unpack for okay. me, right? <laughs> um, so that was a hassle because it was a condo in Toronto. So like going up the elevator and down the elevator, like, moving-wise is very annoying. But yeah. I'm, I'm staying at home now, so it's like I haven't really moved in the last few years. So it's kind of good, yeah. kind of uh, calm, but I do not want to move again because I have a lot of stuff now, right? <laughs> yeah, and especially with COVID and everything, it's probably nice to be at home with your family at this time. Oh yeah, definitely. It's just, it's a lot safer, a lot calmer. And you, you appreciate things differently. Cause like back in the day, you'd just be running around everywhere going out, but mm-hmm. now you're sitting at home and enjoying time with your family. It's a lot better. You appreciate things more. Oh yeah, definitely. On the note of your parents becoming entrepreneurs, like this is something that's always intrigued me. And I want to hear your thoughts on this is we've been raised in the society that you go to school, you get a degree, you have to gain all this knowledge, like even to become a business person. Right. But when you think about your parents, like they were immigrants, they were working labor jobs, but then they became entrepreneurs and, and entered this industry that they had no experience with. What do you think was the success factor for them? I think it's this, you, you simply cannot fail. You're taking a risk. And if you do fail, you're going to end up on the street, right? So they kind of do whatever it takes to get it done. And I feel like that's what sometimes we lack because we could, yeah. if we fail, our parents have our back regardless, right? Yeah. We take that first step and like lose five, six times. We're still going to end up in our parents' house and they'll yeah. take care of us, right? So they couldn't, they, if they failed, it was game over, right? Mm-hmm. You'd end up on the street. So that's why their hard work and ethic is uncomparable to us. That's a really good point. I, I And I think about that all the time too, because whenever I take a risk, I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'll move back in with my parents. And, but even then I find that I can still be risk averse. Whereas like you said, for them, if they, especially if they had kids, like the risk was so much higher. So that, that motivated them to make sure that they did everything and anything. Whereas like, I do find our generation can sometimes be a bit lazy on that side because we are a bit more comfortable because there isn't that same risk or that same fear factor for us that they had. No, definitely, definitely. I think, I think our generation is way, way too comfortable. That's what I figured out. And I'm getting more comfortable as well recently, Yeah, which is, which is a very bad thing, I think, personally. What did your parents, like when you were growing up, a lot of immigrant parents had expectations of their kids of what they wanted their kids to go. So I'm sorry, what they wanted their p- kids to grow up and do. So was education like a big thing in your house? Like, was it an expectation that you were going to go to university or was there the opportunity to not go to school? Oh, so like when I was at a young age, my mom would always preach university and education and grades were super, super important to her. So my sister did pretty well in school, um, but yeah. I wasn't the greatest. I think I'd get C's and D's and like needs improvement, you know, uh, yeah. satisfactory, which is okay, right? At a young age. Um, so to, my mom is very important to her. I'd come home on a report card day and I was not looking forward to it. <laughs> um, it, was, it wasn't a fun day and I wasn't, I'm not really a book smart type person. Um, so 
my mom always preached university, university, university. And that was just kind of brainwashing our heads. Like we, mm-hmm. we just kind of knew we we're, were going to go that way, that route. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no other option to be honest. <laughs> so when you, so because it was this expectation that you were going to go to university and when you were at that point in your life to make the decision of what you were going to do in university, how did you decide what to major in? Um, so it's like my sister's four years older. So she helped guide me as well. Cause she had four years of experience. Like, Hey, did I mess up? What I mess up on? Like, how could she help me as well? Yeah. But I think personally, I like business. It's just something that comes very natural to me. So that's the route I took. I couldn't do sciences cause I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah I failed physics and chemistry. I hated it. Oh, oh same, <laughs> same. Right. And English I'm not so good at. Right. Um, it could be a dissy thing, right? <laughs> no uh, definitely not I thrived in English <laughs> oh okay okay well yeah for me it wasn't the greatest um but I think business became very natural so that's a route that I did take and I think with you growing up like having worked in a family business having seen that firsthand do you think that also influenced that decision because it was something that was already a part of your life yeah most likely I think is it just came more natural to me right I would say so yeah that's it's the route that I took and that felt re- like normal so you went to university, you were majoring in finance. And so before you even thought about this current career path, when you were in school, what did you think your career was going to be? Like when you were going to graduate, like what kind of job did you expect on the other end? I don't know. And partially because I started photography before I went into university. Right? Oh, what? That young? I, yeah. So I started working. I got my first camera. I was like grade 12. And by the time I graduated, I actually had a year of work in photography. Where I oh, work wow. for, I volunteer for another company, right? So I just do a lot of work. And in the end of the day, it's like literally how I started working was picking up tip money off the ground, right? That's that's what my job was. From receptions? Yeah, receptions. So like in typical Indian weddings, people will kind of get throw money on the ground and it's kind of DJ's money. So the, the photo video company that I worked for, they had all three aspects covered. And I would literally just go there, watch people how they take photos with the photographer, mm-hmm. kind of watch his back, see what he does. And I'd pick money off the ground, which is embarrassing now that I look at it, but it doesn't matter, right? That's um, how you started. That's the, the yeah. But it's incredible that you're able to admit that and like reflect on that and think of where you are now. And that's how you started your career. Like I haven't heard anybody say that to me in the past. Yeah, you got to do whatever it takes. I would say, and if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here where I am today, right? So you're saying that you already had done like a year of shadowing and like doing this type of work. So when you entered university, you were already kind of working in this field that you loved, but you were going to university because you had to go to university. Yes, correct. And I would say by third year summer, I had a fully functioning business running. So point where I had like 25 weddings or so. Oh, Um, wow. The average photographer probably should run 20 weddings. So I had 25 while I was full-time in school. So at that point, I'm like, do I really want to continue school because i have a mm-hmm. such an amazing business running right and at the end of the day like my f- schedule is so flexible with photography I, could, I was literally i love sleep and back then i used to wake up late i usually wake up at like one o'clock every day even like two o'clock sometimes my mom would kill me but <laughs> then i just wake up early one day on the weekends and shoot a wedding and i'd be good right yeah and then i thought to myself i'm like do i really want to work a nine to five get paid like a lot lot less and mm-hmm. go under someone else's schedule i'm like no so that's when i thought about quitting school but I was so close to being done that I just had to finish it. And the last like two or three semesters is the most annoying part, I would say. So when you kind of had that thought that you want to quit school, did you share that with your parents? Like, did you say, hey guys, I'm thinking of quitting school? No, you know what? <laughs> I couldn't share it because parents just jump to conclusions. They don't really think about things. So yeah. if I would have said it, they would have gone crazy. And just, um, I would have heard a lot of things, right? So I just kept to myself in the back of my head. But I don't think I would ever quit because like 
I was so close to finishing that degree means so much to my parents. I'm like, might as well. So do you feel like you finished that degree for your parents? Like at the end of the day, if you were at that or do you, or in, in retrospect, are you happy that you finished your education? Um, yeah, I'm happy. I got the, got the paper, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of cool where right? you got the paper, I would say. It uh, doesn't mean much afterwards. I don't know. Do you feel like, because you did finance, like you did do a business degree. So you took marketing classes. You took all the wide depth. Did you feel like you applied any of those learnings into your own business? I would say I've applied zero things from school into my business. Oh, wow. That's I, I, interesting. I, I don't I don't like school because they, I, I love education, but it's not university sometimes. Okay. Only because they tell you to think a different way. And so I had a class in like my last class I ever took. It was like a finance class. And he was talking about investing and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, listen, like there's other ways to invest as well. He's like, give me examples. So I'm like, hey, there's real estate, right? So I gave him a perfect example of real estate and it just wouldn't click through his mind. And the only way that would click through his mind is his way, right? Mm-hmm. Even though both ways were some, somewhat correct. So yeah. they just like want you to think a certain way and I'm a rebel. So I like yeah. to do things my own way and I'm stubborn. So that's why I don't like university, I would say. Have you ever photographed a wedding that your parents have attended? So have they ever seen you like live in action? um yeah once or twice yeah i feel awkward though I'm, I'm like so whenever like my dad would show up to like like when i was doing a hockey game like a football game i would i feel awkward when someone watches me well, really? yeah i don't know it feels weird i'm shy when it comes to like accomplishments or like when so you know what it is here's the deal so brown parents do not praise their kids right mm-hmm. they'll never be like hey good job hey you did an amazing on this test or this, this game it's like yo good job. You're doing amazing. Keep killing it. Right. They'll yeah. never say that. They'll be like, okay, good. Right. Yeah. And I'm not used to it. So when someone tells me good job, you've done amazing. I feel awkward. Right. And that's yeah. how I've grown up. This is weird. But you know what? You make a really good point. Cause that's not just you. I feel like, like you said, it's like our parents' generation because like your accomplishments were expected. So we, as a generation are like, I find that too. If somebody compliments me, like, I feel like I go into defense mode. Like yeah. my back comes up and I'm like, why did you just say that to me? Like I, I get really defensive and the person's like, it's so weird. And I find I've learned that as an adult, that that's not a good thing that I react like that. But like you said, because it's always been weird. We never were raised in this environment with this positive reinforcement. It was like, if you did good, it's like, yeah, you were supposed to do good. So yeah, I know it's weird. Yeah. It's, 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 that's an interesting thing. I'm sure like through these conversations, other people will probably mention that too, because I definitely think that's a trait amongst first gen kids. Looking back at your whole career from start to now, what would you say was your biggest career accomplishment? I recently thought about this as well. So like back in the day when I was in high school, I wrote down a list of things that I wanted um, in life, like just kind of goals. And then I randomly created across that paper like a year ago. And then everything was checked off. Um, okay. So there's no big accomplishment, I would say. Because now that I look back at it, I'm like, why not just write bigger things in life, right? Why mm-hmm. not just like raise the bar 10 times more and achieve those things? Because like, I really believe in like the law of attraction. And like, for me, it's when working wonders, whatever I think about will happen in life either it happens in a week or happens in three years or four years, right? Biggest accomplishments. I don't know what it is exactly. This is my future goals. I would say I want to achieve. Do you do goal setting often? Um, I, I definitely have goals in the back of my head that I really want to achieve. Um, they're not too, too precise, but it, they're always there. So you just keep them in your head, but like, do you, do, do you have any process? Like, do you write down your goals? Do you do anything like that? Or is it just something that's always top of mind for you? It's always on the top of my head. Um, okay. I think about it every single day, to be honest interesting oh that's really interesting like I do I do goal planning as well but I write it like I find that's a better way for me so at at the start of every year in January I set one-year goals and five-year goals and I that's how I keep track of them but I think that's just a 
personality thing. I like things written and organized, but yeah. if you're thinking about it every single day, that's kind of like, so what, so if you had a goal that you've been thinking about for a long time, you accomplish it, then what, yes. like, how, like, how does, how do you react to that? I'm like, honestly, I moved on the next goal. I just think I'm like, okay, sick. It's happened now. Right. What nice. gets, um, <laughs> on to the next one. Right. Um, cause in the beginning, like when you set a goal, it's very like, it's, it's, it's kind of like far distant. Mm. But when you achieve it, it's like, wait, that was easy. Yeah. Um, not easy, but like, okay, I'm so glad I did it. But like, now what's next? And I'm very like uh, ambitious. So I'm like, wait, let me set the next one 10 times more. Because this one I've achieved. And when I thought about it originally, it was so far, so far to my control, right? I, I don't think I was achieve it. So I just set my goals really, really big now. And hopefully I'll achieve them, which I know I will, but time will tell. Do you mind sharing one of the goals that you did accomplish? Like one of the ones you wrote on this paper? um i would say so i want to hit 40 weddings one year i hit like 42 a lot of work but i got it done um i think even back in the day i want to go on like 10 destination weddings like ending one year i was on the plane like 30 times oh wow yeah it's a lot a lot of traveling i would say i probably won't do that again because it's it's a lot of packing and unpacking your suitcases gets annoying (laughs) um living in hotels is not fun but a, a few of those i was just like business related goals right i would say well, I'm really happy to hear that. Like that you set these goals and you accomplish them. Like that is obviously such a good feeling. And like you said, like you, at the time, it feels like those goals were small, but when you set them, they were probably huge. And now the goals that you have going forward, it's just going to be an ongoing process. So I'm sure yeah. you'll accomplish the ones that are coming up as well. No. We've talked about your accomplishments and all these positivities, but of course, like nothing is always sunshine and rainbows. So what about your failures? Like, how did you deal with failure if you, if, and when you've ever failed? Failure just like, is very natural. It comes very, very often, especially in the beginning. Cause like there's a lot of resistance to what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, how I've dealt with failures is you just got to keep on going. Like it, it'll kind of hit you. Um, and then you just got to think about like, do I really want this bad enough? And the answer should be yes. And mm-hmm. you just got to keep on pushing through. Like you're going to have so many failures in whatever you try, but it's the people who persist and stay consistent are going to win in the end of the day. You mentioned your accomplishments and you talked about how you dealt with failure in terms of your industry. So you talked about, you know, when you started, that was your personal experience, but how do you feel like the industry that you work in photography, entrepreneurship, how has that changed from when you started to now? Is there anything that you've noticed has been a big shift? Um, no big shift. I would say but I think weddings are getting more and more important in certain people's eyes. So they're getting bigger and bigger and more and more competition. I would say people like nowadays, like, camera is very accessible to grab and cameras take really good photos i would say mm-hmm. just out of the box so mm-hmm. people think that they can become photographers which everyone can in the end of the day right mm-hmm. but it's more competition i would say and um and bigger weddings that's really it nothing really changed too much so uh, from a photography perspective there's obviously like the technical side of how to take a photo making sure you have the light writing well writing making sure you have the right lighting and the right like set and scene and all that. But then there's also that creative side, right? Where we say like the photographer's eye to be able to catch those moments. Do you think that's something that can be learned? Or do you think that is something that a person just has? Okay, so believe it or not, when I first got my camera, I did not know how to use it at all. Um, so I, I've learned everything from scratch. In the end of the day, it's just practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. So every photo that I do take, I'm like, hey, why did this one turn better, better than the next one, right? Yeah. So I compare those two. I'm like, then I compare like the variables that were included very scientific, like scientific way of doing photographs. Right. But like I compare what A and B, I'm like, why was A better than B? Right. Mm-hmm. And I figure out what made it better than B. And I apply those techniques and I've done that thousands of hundreds of thousands of times. And I've gotten to like a, a way of like kind of fi- figuring out how to take a good photo in any situation. 
Um, but I think anyone can learn it. Create even creativity is a skill you could kind of build on. Even if you're not creative, you could build your creative skill and become a creative person. I don't think I was creative in the beginning. I don't think I'm creative now. I feel like really. Yeah, it's weird. That's interesting because, like, I would say, like, based off the work you do, like, I would define you as a creative. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I feel like sometimes I think I am, and sometimes I don't. Yeah. But like in terms of the creativity side, so like you said, like when you describe the two photos, like I think there's this perception that you just kind of take photos, you edit them. But like you said, like there's a kind of a skill behind this of like ongoing professional development that if you do something once, you've really got to invest that time to learn from that to how to do it better the next time, because you don't want to be in a situation where you, the lighting's off and you don't know how to take a photo. So it's, do you feel like in your career, like, it's a constant learning, like when you're not shooting that you're like trying things, studying or doing whatever to stay on top of the game? Um, I, I shoot a lot. So I'm always in like practice mode. Okay. So like, if I was like, um, not shooting that often, then I would definitely have to keep myself like warmed up, I would say. But I've shot so much in the last few years that I'm, I, I kind of know every situation I could be in and how yeah. to light it. So things have gotten easier over time, right? Yeah. Now I know that I'm like in this situation, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it'd be kind of trial and error in a way. And you have to kind of learn some things you'd mess up, but obviously like some, you just kind of fix it afterwards in Photoshop. Yeah. But it's, it is always constant learning, I would say. That's with everything in life. You always got to keep on learning. And for you, like you've kind of found this niche in like a wedding kind of market. Do you see yourself like, is that kind of the area you'd like to stay in? Or do you see yourself venturing out and trying other types of photography? Or maybe you already have, and I'm not aware, but um, what do you think in terms of your trajectory going forward now? I think that um, I don't want to stay in weddings forever. Also continue for the next few years or so, mm-hmm. but I want to, I want to help people and educate people. Cause I get a lot, I get a lot of people asking me like, Irvin, how do you take photos? Or can I, can I shadow you? Right. Mm-hmm. Things like, I can't help everyone in a day. So it's kind of tough. So I think I'm actually planning on making some YouTube videos um, just on like how to take photographs and like how to run a wedding photography business or any, any photography business. So that's probably the next goal in the year or two um, to launch and run. Oh, cool. That'll be interesting. And this is like, this is gonna be like an online platform for you to be able to share this knowledge. Yeah. So it'll just be on YouTube, right? On my Instagram as well. Just like literally from A to Z, how to take photos and how to get really good at it. Exactly what I've learned over the years. Like, cause when I started, I went on YouTube and tried to learn a lot of things, but thing is nothing was good knowledge. Everything was just like Mm -hmm. stuff that you could not use at all. I'm like, why was the thing? Why were things so complicated back then? Right. So I just want to make people's lives a lot easier. Even I I have people, my assistants who learn off youtube and he's like i learned this on youtube i'm like no that's the wrong way right you're not supposed yeah. to do things this way so there's so much like misinformation out there that makes people's lives harder and also make it i just want to make it simpler that'll be interesting to see i'm looking forward to seeing those videos come out that'll be fun you're obviously very motivated and like you said like your work is your passion and you put everything you have into this how do you manage your work-life balance oh especially so with like- a job that requires such like intense hours right like you said you were in a plane 30 times that one year so that year I had zero work-life balance. Um, okay. The money was great, but it's not all about the money because you reflect the next year and you're like, hey, I was not healthy. I didn't have time to eat. I didn't have time to sleep properly. Mm-hmm. I, was in, I didn't feel good as a person. So I wouldn't want to do that again, personally. Shoot that many weddings. Yeah. Um, as of right now, I'll probably shoot around 20, 25 weddings. Let's cap it off for that. But with that, I have time to spend with my family. I have a select few weekends off in a year. It's, just, it's, just, it's, it's pretty simple, right? So in the mornings, like, usually my day works out. It's like, I, I, have, I could do anything, right? Mm-hmm. um i just literally have to edit a product throughout the week um sometimes i issue sometimes prevent but i mainly my work is busy in only six to seven months of the year 
So do you find like your downtime, like when we think about like a life balance, is it mostly spending time with family and friends? Is that how you reconnect? Uh, I, I got to spend more time with family. I'll say that I'm guilty of that. <laughs> um, I, I just like learning a lot. So I read a lot. Um, so my downtime, I'll read a lot of books. I'll just be online educating, learning about new businesses, um, working out, but then again, spending time with family and friends too. Do you have any like random hobby? Like, do you do puzzles or something? Well, so I started like drawing and painting on iPads recently. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that work might be out, um, might sell it and then donate that money afterwards. Um, just being healthy, maybe I would say as a nice. hobby. <laughs> as a hobby. I think that's a lifestyle, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, very true. But okay. So, I mean, like you said, like there's been times in your life where work has taken over, but it definitely is a top of mind for you now to maintain a work-life balance because otherwise it wouldn't be the healthiest way to go. Yeah. But I think if anyone wants to be really, really successful in life, I think you, it's hard to have a balance. Like, right. You can't have everything in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I feel like I had to go through those two or three years where I worked super, super hard and I didn't have a work-life balance to yeah. be where I am now. And if I didn't, like, I'm happy with the results now. Right. Um, yeah. But if I look back and didn't do, the, do, do that time, I wouldn't be as successful, I would say. So yeah, anyone- I think that's a good point. Like with that grind mentality is like, sometimes when you're doing something, it's like recognizing that it's a short-term hustle for a long-term gain. Like I know when people start off with work and it's something that I've told my younger cousins and friends, it's like when they come out of university, everybody has, everybody has these expectations. Well, I got a degree and I should have a high paying job, but it's like, no, you got to start as an intern. You got to start at the bottom. Like you've got to understand what it means to earn less. And then you work and prove yourself. And then years down the road, you'll get to a point where you don't have to hustle that hard. Right. Like, and I think that's something that we don't talk about as much, but it's really important that you put in that work when it's needed. And then when you reap the benefits, you enjoy them. So I feel like that's common in all of our careers. It comes in ups and downs. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah. But I think down the road, a work-life balance is very important. If you were to look back when you started your career and if you, if you did have a mentor at that time, whether you did or didn't, what advice do you wish you had when you started? Um, practice makes perfect. Keep on posting, right? Because the thing is like, what I personally didn't do is that uh, I didn't put my work out there. I was like, hey, no, no, maybe in a month I got better and post my work. And okay. so it stopped me from getting my name out for the longest time. But if you start posting your work and people will eventually see it and you might not be good in the beginning, right? But mm-hmm. you'll get used to people. People will get used to your name in their heads, right? Psychologically. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually when they need something like a photographer, they'll come to you, right? So just post, post, post and practice will literally make you better, right? There's no other way around it. There's no magical pill, magical camera that get. It's just like practicing and doing make you better. And that's a, that's a good, that's a good piece of advice because like you said, we all get caught up in our fears and it's, it's putting ourselves out there. I think that's the hardest thing to do. Um, especially when you're venturing off onto something that's your name, right? Your brand was you as a person, it's your name, Irvin said the photography. So that's a lot of weight to put out there. And like, I think that fear is a natural instinct all of us have. And that's what kind of holds us back because we're always nervous of the outcome. But you, once you do it, then you kind of see that it's actually not that hard. And when you're out there, you'll get a lot of positivity. Like, I think we're so scared of the negativity that's going to come our way. But when all that positivity comes, you're kind of like, oh, I didn't expect this. And then you kind of get more and more comfortable. And then you're able to post more and more afterwards. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's just the beginning part. I think the starting part's the hardest. You, you literally just got to do it. And once you do it, you kind of get in the flow of things and things just kind of pick up. And it's like a snowball effect, I would say. And on that note, like, 
was it always a given for you that your company your would be your name or did you ever consider like other names like to have like a company name or were you always going to go with your own name so I've, I've failed many times before right it wasn't like all like a pill i would say so the first company i did start was called flavor media it was when i was younger okay probably around like ending first year of the grade 12 i think i started that the thing with that is that it wasn't very professional looking and i was shooting wedding photography and okay. I was, I was way too young. So being like in a first year university, people would not trust you shooting the wedding. Right. Yeah. Cause they want someone who's older, who's more trustworthy because wedding photos are very valuable and you don't know, want to mess up on them. Right. Mm-hmm. Down the road, eventually I was able to build trust through like repetition and like client referrals. I would say mm-hmm. it was a long route because even my family would not refer me. Right. I, I'll say, I'll say right now, but like I have a lot of family members that did not support me and it's, it's like that sometimes, but then you have random people who support you so much, which is so amazing. Like, where'd you come from, right? You're like an angel. With you sharing that, like we, when we do something, you don't know where the support's going to come from, right? It'll come from unexpected places. And the lack of support might come from unexpected places as well. And that's where it's that fear factor of like, why, like, why should I put myself out there? How are people going to react? We get so, I find with myself, like, even when I post stuff, it's like, sometimes I get nervous about my own, my own people's reactions, right? And then I have to stop myself. And I'm like, if these people are in my life and they care about me, like I shouldn't be afraid of their reactions, whether they're positive or negative, like they're in my life for a reason. There should be some level of trust and comfort and like safety of being like, even if they don't like what I post, I shouldn't like, I shouldn't let it get to me. But that thought does cross my mind. So for you, when you're saying you had to go through this experience where you didn't have all the support off the gate, but you got support from people that you didn't even expect. It's balancing that, figuring that out. And how does that work for you? And it's, it's an interesting cycle, I think, for us as people to think about what that, what those experiences mean to us. No, definitely. I think, I think you, know, you just got to do it and then support will come. Right. Yeah. And you can't care about what people think. Cause like, there's always people hating mm-hmm. um, and like just bringing you down, but then they're just miserable with their own lives. Yeah. So there's always people going to support you. And then there's always bit like, a piece of the pie for everyone, I would say. The first one was Flavor Media. And then yes. did you have any other in between that and then between before Urban uh, Sidhu? No, just Urban Sidhu stuck with the name. And the only reason why I went with the name is because every at that time, every company out there was a, a, a studio name. Gotcha. So I'm like, how do I make myself different? And um, I went with just my name. Um, and then after that, I feel like a lot of comp- people did follow the name route. Yeah, I feel like the name route is popular now. But when we were younger, it was definitely company names like Whereas that's what I was saying for you, like when you created your brand, your brand is essentially you. Yes. Like every part of you is going to be a part of this business, which is interesting. Yeah. And it just puts a lot on the line and you got to deliver. So it's a good thing. So it puts, it's a good stress to have, I would say. For the, with the conversation that you and I are having, I think that unless people talk about their career experiences, others won't really know like how that person even got there. So having this conversation with you, like now somebody listening to this will know, okay, well, you know, his path wasn't as idealistic as I thought it may have been. It's got to look at it as like, it's got to be the tips off the floor. That's where you got to start to move up. I can't yeah. like, when you said that, I was really literally thinking about Indian wedding receptions. And I was like, that is crazy to think that <laughs> where you are in your career now. And that's how you started making money. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause like, I get like bookings from all across the world now. And I'm like, that's where I started. Wait, right? Yeah. Very cool. And like, even I've, I've had clients book where like they just send a deposit and I've never met them in my life, right? And they oh, sign wow. a contract and they don't ask any questions. They're like, I want to book you. And then I'm like, here's a price. And they're like, yeah, done. Okay. I'm like, wait, what? You don't want to have a phone call at least? Oh, in my wow. head, I'm thinking that. Right? Yeah, yeah, I've had so many clients do that. It's, it's pretty cool, right? Because back in the day, 
I'd have to beg clients, not beg clients, but I'd have to like follow up with clients multiple times and like lower my price like crazy just mm-hmm. to secure them. But now I'm in a position where I haven't posted on Instagram probably in a whole year, which is really bad, but then I'm fully booked for next year, right? Yeah, but that's that's what we talked about. You, Your work now speaks for the years of experience that you built up, right? So everybody, people know your name. They know from client referrals, from your posts, like your content is out there. You're an established brand now and you don't have to, to some degree, do that same work that you had to do at the start. It doesn't mean that you don't have to do the work at all, but the level of investment that you have to make now is less because you've put that investment in for so many years. And I think that's important, like to recognize how hard you have worked to be where you are. So it's great that you don't have to do that. It's great that somebody can just hear your name and associate a quality that's very high with that name. Like that's such a, that's such a great place to be. Yeah. It's a, it's a very cool way of putting it. So thank you. I appreciate that. No, Um, I think it's huge. Like I, I know, like, like I said, I was telling you before, like when I posted that I was going to be chatting with you, like I had somebody messaged me saying that you were their wedding photographer. And I know even when I chat with others and I say urban, like people know, oh, he's that wedding photographer in Toronto. They don't know you personally, but your name is, they know that you're this really well-known, great photographer that's working out on the East coast. So I think that's, yeah, like it's, it's huge. I'm really proud of you. And I'm really, I'm really happy that you have the success that you have, because even from talking to you now, you have this humbleness and you have this desire to give back to others with these videos. And there's this like sense of honesty there in you. And I think that's really amazing and you should hold on to that. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. And one thing I want to add is like, it's always a process. Like I would say, so like it can't be rushed. Just give it Mm -hmm. time and be patient with the process and you'll eventually get to where you want. Definitely. It's it's not going to happen overnight and it might not happen in a year, but it might happen three years down the road. Right. And when it does happen, you can look back and just be grateful for the journey. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, on that note, um, I want to wrap up this conversation. So I have five questions for you. And these are just five general questions that we're asking everybody on this series. Um, So the first one is, if you could work any job for a day, what would it be? I recently got into baseball a lot. So I'm going to say I'm an MLB player. Is that that acceptable? (laughs) Nice. Since the World Series just happened, I'll be an MLB player. Yeah. Okay. That's a fun one. Is there a team that you'd want to play for? Uh, probably the Blue Jays since I'm from Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, second question. If you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Okay. Very interesting question. Um, I would say Maharaja Ranjit Singh. Interesting answer. How come? Just because um, he was so, had such a big like army and like everyone was kind of under his rule. Um, so his thought process is probably a lot different from a normal person and mm-hmm. just ha- sitting down and having dinner with him and just seeing the way he thinks and it's the way he talks would be so cool. And That's it's a lot to learn. Yeah, right? his, his leadership style. I always wonder that too. It's like, what was his leadership style like? Because yeah. when you read about him, he's a very interesting character. Yeah. So it'd be really cool to kind of talk to him and learn a lot. That's a good one. Okay. Number three, what is, oh, sorry. And also if anybody doesn't know who Maharaja Ranjit Singh is, I highly, I highly recommend that you Google him because he's an iconic person in history and he's got a really cool story. So third question, what is your favorite line from a film? Okay. This is is a tough one because my friends make fun of me all the time, Um, but I don't watch movies or I don't watch Netflix or TV shows. Urban, like as somebody who loves movies, like that that baffles me. (laughs) I literally watch like five a week. Oh my God. Oh my God. If I watched five in the last year, I probably haven't finished them. So if you can, obviously, if you don't watch them, you, you won't have an iconic line. What's your favorite yeah. film then? If you had to pick one. 
The Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies, I'd say. Okay. Well, that's a good one. So I can't hate you on that one. What song would be playing in the back on the highlight reel of your life? Very tough. Um, either it'd be something classical or it'd be a Drake song. I'm going to, right now, off the top of my head, it'll be, it'll be like back to back, I would say. I don't know. I feel like this is a very Toronto thing because all your answers are like very like tr- Toronto pride. I'd play for the Blue Jays. I'd listen. I'd have Drake in my background. I could be Drake. I'm in love with Drake D-Lo. So like, that's, that's probably why. Yeah. Okay. So a Drake song or a classical song? Nice. Yes. And then the last question in one sentence, how would you describe 2020? It's a blessing depending on the way you look at it. Nice. That's all I would say. Yeah. You just got to look at things at a different perspective and appreciate it. It's been an interesting year. So I appreciate that. That's a good way to end it off. Well, it was really good chatting with you. And thank you for taking the time and talking with me and sharing your experiences. Like, I hope for people listening, they find some inspiration in this and hopefully pursue things that they're passionate about as well. No, I appreciate you having me. Like, it was was super, super fun, right? Um, And thank you so much. Thanks, Irvin. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and rate the podcast. If you have any stories or topics that you would like to share, please drop me a line. Music for this podcast was created by Edmonton's very own Edmonton Studio. Until next time, take care.